Hello and welcome to episode 160 of The World According to Gar. Here we are in lovely San Cugat, uh, Spain, just outside of Barcelona, <clears throat> for the training camp in preparation for the World Championships, which starts next week in Budapest, Hungary. So, uh, just to bring everybody back up to speed, we had our last week of practice uh, before we left, and <clears throat> things went very well. Damien uh, is looking good, and we've we've managed to put together uh, a little bit different things than we've normally done over the the last several years. So, uh, as people who've been following along know, um, Damien was was injured, not a serious injury, but <clears throat> an injury that was plaguing him in his hip uh, in June. Okay, so in May actually, and we took a few weeks off, and it may have turned out to be a very good thing for Damien. Um, <clears throat> it's taken him a while to get back up to speed, but these last couple of weeks have been really good. And, of course, we only had two weeks after Nationals before we left for Spain. So we made very good use of that time, and we've thrown in a couple of extra practices in pole vault especially, <clears throat> just just to try and make things uh, smoother and to give Damien the reps that he needs and the confidence he needs going to world. So to put it all together, okay? This training camp is in the same little town in Spain that we were in 2019 before we went over to the, the World Championships in Doha. And uh, <clears throat> we're staying at the same hotel, working out in the same place. And it, you know, we were saying today, why can't we have nice shit like this in Canada? Okay? St. Cugat is 25 kilometers from downtown Barcelona. Okay? It's, it's not a suburb. It's actually a separate area. It has approximately 90,000 to 100,000 people <clears throat> in in the, this area. Okay, so it's not a big place, but it's old. The we were just up at the the monastery and church, which are you know started building in the 1300s or some shit, crazy. And uh, it's got a small town vibe. You know, there's a there's a there's a square outside of the church, and it's up up the hill from where we're staying. And so you go up through these narrow streets and into this open sort of courtyard. And there's, you know, it, it, it's so European. There's cafes and places to get gelato and people with dogs and kids playing soccer. And it's just, it's such a cool vibe, especially in the evening where it cools off here. It's been hotter than fuck during the day, but it's been really nice and beautiful at night because it's not very humid. So anyway, St. Cugat has a, a center called the CAR car. Um, it, it's a basically a high performance center. Okay. So there is an indoor pool, a 50 meter indoor pool, a 50 meter outdoor pool. There's a track with all the facilities. There's an indoor track and field facility as well. <clears throat> there are basketball courts, volleyball courts. There are a whole ton of uh, clay soccer or sorry, clay tennis courts. There's soccer pitches. There's uh several gymnasiums and weight rooms, all in a town of less than 100,000 people. And a town that's very close to a big city, which you would think would probably have better facilities. And I just can't, want, I, like today, okay? So today we practiced, right? This is our, our second full day here. We arrived on Sunday. We flew overnight Saturday to Sunday. And shockingly, <laughs> the travel part of it went very well. It was smooth, the flight wasn't full, everything was tickety-boo. We get here and Pierce and Damien were both on the flight with their poles, okay? Now, in Toronto Airport, it's never easy with the poles, but we got them loaded, went through the oversized baggage, Pierce was right there with Damien, Damien's went on and then Pierce got his and was putting them on as we walked away. 
everything seemed fine. And it all went well. There were a dozen of us or so coming from, from Ontario to this training camp. Okay. So we get here and we all get out and we go to get our bags and there's two bags missing. Now, Dave Zalibka had an airdrop in his bag. So there's a little, like, a, like a little tag, right? An air tag that he can see on his phone. So he could see that the bag made it that was in the airport somewhere, but it was just sitting there. So we waited and we waited and we waited. And finally, after about an hour, his bag and the one other that was missing arrived. But no poles. So I was like, oh, oh why? Everything went so well. So I'm like, ah. so went down to the, the lost luggage and started describing it to the people there whose English was a little sketchy. And I thought, oh, we're going to have to get out the, <laughs> we're going to have to get out the video again to show somebody pole vaulting to make people understand what we're talking about. So then I described the bag as being, Damien's bag is pink and five meters long. You can't miss it. So then she's like, oh, oh, yeah. And they got on the radio to somebody, walkie talkies, and they said, oh, yeah. And they pointed back where we were because that's where the oversized luggage is supposed to come out. So we went back there and there's the bag. And Dennis said, oh, yeah, these two guys showed up. And then they sort of said, is this yours? So I was like, where's Pierce's bag? Well, of course, his poles didn't make it. As it turned out, they never even got in the plane. But it cost us like two hours of waiting around and then having to fill out forms and all this shit. When, you know, you're at the end of the trip. The bus is waiting outside. All you got to do is get on. And everybody had to wait. And for some of them, I think it's a little eye-opening to see the bullshit we have to go through with the poles every time. Regardless, we, we get to the hotel here in St. Cugat. And uh, everything's good. The food is a little, eh. You know, we had talked about when we talked about coming to this training camp, the benefits versus the, the, the pros versus the cons of coming to the training camp. And one of them, the, one of the cons was the food. When we came here before, the food was iffy. It was quite often seafood, at least once a day. And it wasn't what the athletes would choose. Plus, there's nothing to drink besides water. And it's never cold. And, it, you know, that kind of stuff. And it just, it wears on you if you're there for any length of time. So we show up and the lunch is fish with couscous and raisins. I'm like, in, in what world would anybody think that an athlete, what, especially somebody who's not from here, would choose this for their lunch? Not many. And I mean, there's a little salad bar and there's other things, but that, that was lunch. And so I was like, oh boy. So I said to Jen uh, Saigo, who's the, the nutritionist, I was like, holy fuck, Jen, Really? And she said, I thought you were guys weren't even coming to this. And anyway, I, I got I got I got all bitchy with somebody within 10 minutes of arriving. So that wasn't necessarily the best thing. So anyway, by the time Damien came down to lunch, they had grilled him a piece of chicken. So he had chicken for lunch while the rest of us ate the shitty fish. So it's going to be a struggle with the food, but it it's better. And having Jen here who can say, oh, we need something for this person, or oh, this isn't good enough, or oh, you know, we need more spices, or whatever. She's there as an advocate, which makes a big difference. So anyway, we 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 got in and we got some food and we, you know, the first day is always kind of meh. So we went over the second day and we were the first ones there, went at 8.30 in the morning. And it's just beautiful, absolutely still and isn't hot yet. And there's shade and it was just, you know, there are all the birds out and we're, we're walking around. Dennis and I did a little tour of the track. There are only about half a dozen of us went early. And we did a little thing while Damien's warming up and we're, no talking and everything, lean over to look over the wall because they've got chicken coops and there's all these parrots around and stuff. Lean over and 
wasp stings me right in the end of the finger. So I do the whole bee dance running across the track and yelling. And then, of course, everybody made fun of me for getting stung by a wasp. Like, that somehow was my fault. So anyway, I didn't get much sympathy. Trust me. I ran under some cold water and I found a little chunk of ice from one of the physios. And then everybody mocked me for the whole rest of the day. Oh, and by the way, it was on my ring finger. And I just, just in May, well, actually in June, Tracy gave me my ring back. I think I told everybody on the podcast she she offered to remarry me because I haven't been wearing my ring for about 10 years. Because I had an incident where I sprained my finger playing basketball and almost couldn't get the ring off in time. And then I was paranoid and whatever about wearing it. So I get stung on my ring finger. I'm frantically trying to get my ring off again before my finger swells up. Anyway, today when we went over there, we were talking about it. and They were laughing again about me getting stung. And Damien went over and by the wall, there's a a, a steeplechase barrier. And he was just leaning on it, doing leg swings. And a wasp stung him on the hand. (laughs) Served the fucker right laughing at me. Anyway, so we've had our incidents, you know, with the, the local fauna. Um, but, uh, the track was beautiful and we did like a a light workout. Damien did some accelerations and then he did long jump approaches. And when you travel, when you do such a big time zone change, right? Six hour change, you expect not to be able to sleep very well. You expect to be feeling heavy and you know, you you don't feel right. Damien looked really good on the track, much better than I would have expected. And we did long jump approaches and he looked like a million bucks. It was amazing. And I was like, oh, my God, could you have jumped on that? He goes, yeah, I really feel like I could have, which he doesn't often say. So we ended up doing three, and they were three of the best long jump approaches I've seen him do. And he's been really good this year, at least in the last month or so. So I'm very encouraged by that. And then we came back, and we did all the, you know, we, we played cards and did all this bullshit. And anyway, we, uh, we practiced pole vault today. And pole vault is a pivotal event for Damien. It's something that he struggled with over the years. It's something he's never really found, you know, himself in the event. And in the last month, he's made a remarkable turnaround. And he's vaulting properly. He's doing it right. And he's got confidence. So this was a very important practice. So we went and fetched the poles and came out. And Annika Newell, the, the pole vaulter, she was there working out. And Jeff Huntoon, the coach, was there. And we were talking to them. And put some music on and Pierce and Greg came over because they were going to vault too. And so there were lots of people around. All the sprinters were there. They were practicing exchanges and, you know, the girls were going to run some 400 meter time trial. So there was lots of energy and that's something we don't get at the track. Usually when we're at the track, we're the only ones. And if not, we've got somebody there just to help us. But today there was like big team energy, you know, and that, and that really, I, I don't know. I think that really helped. So Damien did his warm up and got some, got some, I don't know, topical cream on his wasp sting and then came over and it was very still and it had rained just a little bit before we got there. So, you know, it was perfect conditions and Damien fucking did his full like warm up that he's going to do. So we had talked about in pole vault, what happens is you're supposed to get an hour and a half to warm up, but it doesn't really work out that way. And the way things work in the decathlon, you get less time for your warm up. And at Gutsis, he was sort of the last one out and he fiddled around with his short approach stuff and getting marks and getting measures. And then he went back and then, you know, he was one of the last guys to get to his full approach. So in, in, in pole vault, for those who don't really know what I'm talking about, when you're doing practicing, quite often you go from a, a short approach, say six or eight steps when you're first starting 
right? Just to get the feel of it because it's really intimidating to run full speed and plant the goddamn pole in the box, especially when you don't do it a lot. So you start off with a, a shorter run, you're not going as fast, you use a smaller pole, you do a few drills, sometimes maybe pulls, drills where you're not even bending the pole, and then you bend the pole, and then you get your feel for it, and then you move back. So Damien traditionally has done those things slowly. And one of the things that Damien's had a problem with in the past has been he, he doesn't really attack the pole vault. He doesn't use his speed and athleticism the way we want him to. So we've been really working on that and this whole thing with Dave focusing on, you know, his right arm and his left leg and stretch and the length of the of the swing and all that kind of stuff has really paid off. And it's made Damien more confident. So Damien just attacked the shit out of this right from the start. He did a couple from, from six steps and then he wanted us to put a bungee up, uh, right? Use a bungee instead of a, a bar, just a, you know, like a, a cord that goes across. And he uh, he cleared a 460 bungee from short approach, which is quite often his opening height in an actual competition. So that's a, a, a big sign. Then he went back to full approach and he only ran through once. That's when you when you you don't actually take off, right? And some athletes get plagued by that. And Damien's had problems in the past like everybody else where you can't find your footing or you can't find your confidence and you don't take off. You just run and you throw the pole down or you, you know, let it hit the box and fall to the side or whatever. And you just jump onto the mats. So he, he only did one like that. And then he got on the pole right away, bent the pole from full approach. And then we put up a 480 bungee and he cleared it. And a 490 bungee and he cleared it. And a five meter bungee and he cleared it. And not only did he clear it, but he adjusted his mark, adjusted his stride. He was on a mid mark of 40 feet. He was taking off at 11 and a half. And he had to go up to a pole it's a 190 pole. Poles are done by weight. So Damien started at a 185, then a 187, then a 190. In competitions, traditionally, that would be as big a pole as he ever got on in a competition. So to do it in practice, you know, where normally there's not the same kind of energy and not the same kind of oomph to the whole thing was amazing. And his running, he was attacking. He was running strong and taking off like he was, like he was long jumping. And it was fantastic. And then, you know, and he felt really good about it. And he was positive. And it was like, yep, oh, I could go up another handhold and move it back three or four inches and feel perfect. So we did it. And, and it wasn't any fucking around. It was no fiddling and trying to get this right and get that right. It was all right. Right from the start. And it was amazing. And so we were like, oh, why, why do more than that? If it's all good, let's keep it. So he was going to run a, a, an 800. Now, the hard work is all done, right? We've talked about this sort of off and on that, that you know, in, in old-fashioned terms, the hay is in the barn. All the work is done. And we said that to Damien after his workout. He had a really hard uh, running workout the last day before we went, before we left for Barcelona, right? He did a, he did a, a hard 350 and then a hard 150. And the idea was to, to, to try and run the 350 like you were running a 400. So he did that and then six minutes later ran out an all out 150 and then lay there trying not to puke. And I said, hey, the work is done. We're off to Barcelona tomorrow. It's all good, right? And so now it's just the fine tuning. So the 1500 meter workout, you know, you're not going to get in better shape by doing one workout 10 days or two weeks before the actual event. But you can hone how it feels. And at this point, what we're looking for is how it feels, how everything fits together. So Damien wanted to run just an 800 at race pace. And race pace, 
again, is 70 second laps. So two laps would be two meters, 20, two meters, two minutes and 20 seconds, right? And he started from the 1500 meter start line, just like it's the actual 1500 meters. And he ran and we, we did what we've been doing all along, which is Dennis whistles every 17 and a half seconds so that Damien can, can learn the pacing. We, we figure that if Damien can run anywhere around 330, that is three laps at 70 seconds each, then he could, if he absolutely had to, come home in like 46, 47 seconds, which would allow him to run less than 420. Damien's PB in the 1500 is 424.73, I believe. So a five-second PB, if absolutely necessary. And it's a nice little thing, a nice little confidence booster to have that in your back pocket, to know that if he absolutely had to, he could run 420. He never, he never believed it in the past. We talked about it and said, oh, you know, if you really had to, and he's <laughs> kind of like, yeah. You know, and, and after some of the races, like like in, in 2020 or 2019 at Gotsis, Damien said to me after the 1500 where he didn't run very fast, he said, oh, sorry, it felt like my shorts were full of, po- or my, my pockets were full of stones, <laughs> right? So he's had his struggles with things. And even at the Olympics, he ran 431. That's not very fast. It's what he needed to get 9,000 points. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a very fast run. So to have that in your pocket feels good. And he felt very confident going in and he ran 214. So six seconds faster than the actual pace. And again, when you're running in practice, you're kind of looking to try and be able to do it sort of 5% faster than race pace if you're training for it. So that was another solid confidence booster, right? It made Damien feel good. You know, the, the long jump workout the other day felt great. Pole vault felt great. The 800 meter, he, he didn't have any trouble recovering from it. It's a nice warm day and he love, he loves the heat. So it's like, okay. So then we got up and we went over to the weight room and he did three sets of cleans, deadlifts, and landmines. All exercises that are really strength things that make him feel good. You know, uh, cleans are my favorite exercise anyway, but he's doing hanging cleans with, a you know, 185 pounds or whatever it is, just boom, solid racking it, right? I think maybe it was 200 pounds, whatever. You know what I'm talking about though, is that that when you're, when you're doing weights that are right in your zone, they make you feel stronger than you were. People who've lifted weights or people who've trained this way know what I'm talking about. When you're lifting the right weight in the right number of sets, it just makes you feel stronger. And Damien has looked stronger and leaner, by the way, than he has all year. So, and you know, and then he likes to step inside the trap bar to do deadlifts, bang, 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 just three sets of three, just, you know, like a circuit, landmines just to push. He looked strong as fuck and really like he's got some pop. So that was great. But the best part of all in some ways was the fact that there's a 50 meter pool in this little town, this beautiful 50 meter outdoor pool. Nobody there. No lifeguards, nobody swimming, no nothing. And we just went over after our workout. And by then, it was like already 30 degrees. We went over and jumped in. And the pool's probably, you know, probably 27, 28 degrees. And no smell of chlorine. I think maybe even it's a saltwater pool. I don't know. But it's huge. And there's nobody there. 
And we just walked in and splashed around. We tried doing some starts off the blocks. I swam a lap and it almost killed me, right? So to have the facility that's so good and to have the workouts, especially when you just first arrived, we've only been here a couple of days, work so well was incredible. And uh, so that more than makes up for any kind of, you know, oh my God, the food isn't what we'd hoped it would be or anything like that. It's all been good so far. And if we look back to the week before, when we were, you know, preparing to come here, Damien's workouts were also good. He, uh, he, we did a javelin workout with Joel. He came down from, from Sarnia and we did a, a javelin workout, you know, and Damien was throwing 60 meters in practice, which is nice to see. We had a, a, a good discus workout, you know, shot put Damien probably had his best shot put practice of the summer, you know, right out around 15 meters again. So all of the stuff that we were looking for, all of the sort of metrics, right, that you want to see are all trending in the right direction. And so now it's just a matter of, okay, let's not get stale, let's not get flat, and let's get to Budapest with fresh legs. So we're not going to work them too hard. Tomorrow we're just going to do some some shot put and discus, and then we're going to go into Barcelona and uh, see the sights a little bit. Take Thursday off have a couple of days of work, and then uh, on the plane to Budapest. So it's been really good so far, and all my reservations about it have sort of gone away. Um, We thought it was going to be hot, and it has been, but it's not like, oh my God, it's Doha hot. Not like that. And because of the low humidity, it's so, it's been so dry here. Everything's parched. The grass is all dead. Everything's dry and dusty. But... It means that as soon as the sun isn't on you, it's bearable. And if you can hide in the shade, it's one thing. But as soon as the sun starts to set, the, the everybody comes out like they've been hiding underground or something. And the streets come alive and it's beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. It, it's hard sometimes because we forget what what life is. And I know there's all sorts of downsides to life in Europe. But having been to Europe a couple of times this year, there are some things that are a lot better. And one of them is everybody being outside in the evening, right? When people are strolling around and all the cafes are open and all these people are out eating and talking and chatting and there's dogs. I mean, we went to this restaurant last night and there was was an old couple, a weird old couple. Obviously, this is a fairly small town sitting at a table with two wiener dogs. And the dogs each had not only their own chair, they were sitting in a chair with a plate in front of them at the table. And they barked like motherfuckers at every single dog that went by and every single child that went by. So that was pleasant. (laughs) Things are so weird in other places. But you know what? I like it. I like everybody being out. I love that time of night. It's always been my favorite time of night or favorite time of day is that sort of after dinner when everything settles down and the sun is setting and it's cooling off. I love it. So... Yeah, it's been it's been good so far. I know this is a, a fairly short podcast, but I just wanted to bring everybody up to date. We're going to be leaving on Sunday for Budapest, and then it'll be five days until Damien competes. Uh, right now, the weather forecast for Budapest says 35 degrees Celsius on day one of the decathlon, but hey, anything could happen before then. Anyway, for everybody who's, who's listening and uh, who's expecting me to interview people, Probably not going to (laughs) happen, but there's lots of team spirit here in a way that uh, 
you know, we've seen it before, but this is maybe the best it's been. Uh, everybody's sort of pulling for one another and, and they just had the rookie night where they where they make all the people who are world championship rookies um, do lip sync, uh, lip sync competition. And they had to do songs that uh, featured Spanish. So uh, you can imagine how ugly that was. <laughs> but it's something that's fun for everybody to see. And it, it, it makes people feel part of a team. And uh, I think that the, the group at Athletics Canada has got, done a good job and, uh, you know, this is a, a good setup and this is what we're going to have for the Olympics next year. This is the exact same hotel and the exact same place we're going to stay and train for before Paris. So uh, it's all good. And uh, I will catch up with everybody next week when we're in Budapest. Good night.